Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, interrupting the intro song a little sooner than normal because we're redoing the first three minutes of the podcast because I neglected to record it. So this is going to sound extra polished. I'm Spike Eskin along with Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. Should I repeat that you've peed already this morning and that you're ready to go? Let's make sure that it gets out there. All right. Mike always pees before the podcast because we get him just as he's waking up. It actually made me think about how this morning, the, that's the first thing I do when I wake up. I think most guys, it's the first thing you do. This <laughs> morning, I, I, I thought you meant the first thing you do is, is ask me if I have to pee. <laughs> I just call you. <laughs> I get up at 5 and I give you a call 2 a.m. L.A. time. Hey, Mike, have you peed yet? See ya. <laughs> Click. And it's, it's like the beginning of a sitcom. Uh, you just throw your arms up in the air, freeze oh, frame, here goes. credits are all. So I, I actually, this morning, I promise we'll get into basketball, but this morning for some reason I decided I always, I do these stretches in the morning for my back and I always change into clothes to do that from my sleeping clothes. But I always pee first. This morning I decided to reverse that. And in between changing, it was like an emergency of epic proportions the amount that I, that my body was like, no, 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 sir, you pee first. You, you don't do this first. So I understand how important it is for you to pee, Mike. So I think I think it's just before the podcast. I don't think I. I think it's, it's knowing that I can't because I get no cell reception in the bathroom. Uh, so if I have to pee during the podcast, I, I just have to run and put put the phone down and hope you're talking long enough where it doesn't. It's not noticeable. <laughs> so here we go. We're I'm going to lay out the rest of the show. We'll get to these following things, I think, unless we run out of time. The end of the show will feature, we had a bunch of, if you asked a question on Twitter today, chances are we'll get to it. I I solicited this morning. So we have one, I asked for relationship advice. I got more of a life advice question. So we'll get to that as well as some Sixers questions. Good. We will get to the potential, two potential trade candidates that have been in the news lately, whether they should be or should not be. That being Houston with Omar Omar Sheik and the New York Knicks with Iman Shumpert and I guess to a lesser extent, what's his name, uh, Amari Stoudemire, which it seems like he comes along with Iman Shumpert. You, you get a twenty-two million dollar broken down Amari Stoudemire. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about Brandon Davies and Darius Morris, who got some time this this week. But Brandon Davies with increased time and Morris with increased time because of no. MCW, and of course, we'll talk about. We'll lead it off with the the road trip, which they did without Michael Carter Williams. Which I'm going to ask you this again, but I, of course, Evan Turner seemed like he had more uneven performances. I thought without Michael Carter Williams in there, which I thought was surprising because they're neither one can shoot, and they're both sort of similar players in that they're ball dominant and most successful when they try to get to the rim and. When you look at backcourts, and I know officially that Evan Turner is not a part of the backcourt, but when you have two guys that are that ball dominant, it, it they don't usually fit that well together. But I thought Turner, without Michael Carter Williams, by over over the hole, was not nearly as good a player as he was with Michael Carter Williams. Over the hole, yes on the uh, on the whole on the whole of the road trip, I would say. Yeah, I mean. It's three games. Evan had a. Everyone played bad against New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and anytime you take you take away the starting point guard, things will sort of go into disarray, even as early into the season, even with a rookie. Uh, but it's nice to see how how 
Evan and MCW have had, you know, some success together. Uh, I think that uh, teams, especially after the first couple games, started to realize, oh, we actually have to, like, give a crap about MCW. And so that sort of took pressure off Evan. And when when there's not pressure taken off Evan, he's taking, uh, you know, Pull up, not he's not even pull up. There's there's the jumpers with Evan where he's looking his defender right in the eye. Yeah, it's a taller, more athletic defender, and he's just like, you know what? I can score over him on a jump shot, and the defender is just like, no, you can't. Yeah, go for it. Give it yeah, a try. It, it Give happened, it a try. It happened, with, it happened with I think it was Marion last game against Dallas. Uh, I think it happened with uh, Aminu in New Orleans. And it definitely happened with Iguodala in Golden State a few weeks ago. Uh, and he's so it's like 50, it's like a fifteen footer where Evan like looks at them, I think takes something personally in their eyes. Yep. And and is just like, well, this is going to go in for sure, and just gets completely blocked from like point blank, like right, right, like the ball doesn't even leave his hands. It's just like, oh no, you're not going anywhere. Uh, so I feel like that happens more when MCW is not around. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, Evans, as I've pointed out many times, that I think the the biggest problem with Evan as a player is is upstairs. Not not that I think he's stupid, but I think there's a bit of a an ego problem in that he thinks he's better than he is. And I think well, that I think most of his problems stem from thinking that he's better than he he actually is. Which I'm not yeah. saying that he's not good, but I in his head, you know, there's no that guy can't guard him. And some yeah, you've always you've always said that. You've yeah. And he's also, you know, calling out lame-ass bloggers. Which is, is that us? Yeah. Are we them? I think that specific call-out was for the 700 level. I think it was, was for it? the 700. Because they were the only ones I thought that blogged about his... his he, he Instagrammed a picture of his ATM receipt or something that he only had $48 in his account. And the 700 level put that on a post. And I think that was the lame-ass blogger that he was calling. But seriously, don't read the blogs, Evan. Seriously, if it, every time he mentions something like that, every time he talks about haters or something, all I can think is that, obviously, I'm selfish and egotistical, so I think about myself. I don't think he's thinking about me in specific. But all that comes back to me is that I think, wow, Evan, if you are taking someone like me into account at all during a basketball game, you're doing it wrong. Very, yeah. very wrong. <laughs> don't read the blogs, but listen to our podcast. No, there's, don't there's read Twitter. Here, yeah. So, and the, uh, I don't want to make too big a deal out of the, the last few minutes of the Dallas game, but he did have a, a bit of a meltdown in that, that the technical was really stupid, but he... More than I, I think it was a. He said he was sticking up for his teammates when he got the technical, which I thought was probably probably not so much true. But he did get blocked a couple of times down low, and he did look frustrated, and he he sort of melted down a little bit. I felt like in the last few minutes of the Dallas game, which actually I think is fine because they went ahead and lost the game, which is fine for me. I don't need them winning in Dallas, you know, yeah. if if we're counting the losses. But he did suffer a, a bit of a meltdown, so. One thing I wanted to ask you about that a friend named Chris brought up to me was that, you know, we had mentioned a lot of times before the season started about corner threes. And I think I brought it up in in reference to Thad most in that 
if he could develop. It's interesting, and Thad's increased three-point shooting this year. He doesn't look as if he's worked on his three-point shooting. He's just shooting it more. That's sort of... I, I agree with that. Yeah. It, like, there's nothing different about it. It's just that he's yeah. doing it. But there seem to be a lot fewer corner three attempts than I would have guessed. It, it doesn't feel like there's a lot run for that. And that's anecdotal. I didn't look it up. I guess I should have. <clears throat> do you do you notice that at all? Does that seem like a thing? Did you expect yeah, more of that? Absolutely. Uh, I know MC, MCW's had a couple um, that I can actually remember. Evan, Evan has had a couple that he's missed. But aside from that, um, the Spencer takes most of his from the top of the key. Right. Um, and for the most part, they're, they're, there's not a ton of driving kick because uh, there's not a ton of shooters. Um, I think the corner three will be implemented in years to come, but so far I'm a little surprised by the, that there's not as much as the, I would have guessed. The James and James Andersons are mostly at the elbow. It feels yeah, like. they're, they're elbow, they're elbow I think part of it could be you've mentioned a bunch of times on Twitter, and it's actually worth bringing up. I didn't I didn't plug this. It's just coming to my mind how uncomfortable generally Thad looks, and it's not as if he's playing hard. He just sort of looks lost. And I would have guessed that a lot of those corner shots, it comes from sort of, sort of his spot that that, you know, because Evan is not the three and D small forward, and yeah. he hasn't shot threes well. So I sort of expected those shots to come from, for Thaddeus Young to get some of those shots, but most of his threes seem to be coming from elbow and and top of the the key when when the fenders are laying off him, not that it's yeah. set up. So maybe part of it is that he's not particularly comfortable in the offense and they're not comfortable running him there. And maybe that's why, why that's happening. So for yeah, he's really, he's really uncomfortable in the offense. It's, it's sort of sad to watch. Uh, really, I mean, when they're doing well, I mean, and Thad had good games. He's had, he's had two games, I think over 27 points. If I, that seems arbitrary, but I think so. Uh, but, you know he's not he's not getting as much just like bad buckets as as he used to because now there's an offense in place there's not as many just broken down offensive possessions and Thad isn't there to just be like oh Thad just got out of it out of a broken play like right that's, that's mo- most of Thad's points in the past I believe came from just broken plays and just like deciding to be around the basket but. uh but when there's more things happening, unless that's getting an offensive rebound and putting it back, it doesn't seem like there's a ton going on for him, uh, which sucks in a, a bunch of ways. Because one, he could be a part of the future of the team, right? And I hope and I I want him to to get the system and to be valuable in the system. And two, if he's not part of the future, uh, then I want him to be traded, and uh, he's not helping his trade value any by by not playing good basketball or not playing uh, confident basketball within the new system. Yeah, that's the, I think the, um, he's always seemed like a player that would fit as good as he is, is a specific fit type of player. You know, yeah. it's it's funny, and we'll get to this in, in a moment, but a, a lot of the, the trade Thad stuff has been in reference to Houston because the thought is that Houston needs a stretch four type player and all I think is like, well, that's not what Thad is. That yeah. Thad happens to be an undersized four, but he's not a stretch four, you know? Right. And I don't I don't and I, 
I actually think given Dwight Howard, who has been better this year than last year, but the his as undominant as he's been, you know, a, a, you would expect him to have been more dominant as a center. And Thad, I think, fits next to a dominant center, I think sort of makes Thad sort of almost less of a fit for Houston than most. I don't think he's a bad fit for Houston, but less of a fit than I think most people would 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 think he is. Yeah, I think Ryan Anderson's the, the easiest yeah. plug there. Yeah, I, I think though that I think people I think people forget how young Ryan Anderson is. He's twenty five. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think Ryan Anderson's worth way more than Omer Sheik. I wouldn't just take Omer Sheik for Ryan Anderson. If if you're a young Hornets team, yeah, I'd rather just I, I know Ryan Anderson's not a perfect fit at power forward for them, but given the the spacing issues they'd probably have on offense because their all of their backcourt needs the ball to sort of operate with Eric Gordon and Drew Drew Holiday and as bad as Tyreek Evans has been, you know, I, I wouldn't trade Ryan Anderson for Omer Sheik, would you? Uh, probably not one for one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much I like the idea of, you know, if you have Ashik down there, then Anthony Davis can't really roam the paint as much as you'd like him to. Right. And you kind of just want Davis just ball hawking inside pretty much on D. So the next thing I want to talk about was Brandon Davies, who has I had- love Brandon Davies. Yeah, and I know I, I I knew you'd love the opportunity to talk about Brandon Davies. Thank you, thank you for that. And Darius Morris. Why don't we do Brandon Davies first, who had 17 minutes in the Dallas game and looked has looked. It's interesting, you know. Thad is a guy who people say is a a tweener, and I've always said is not a tweener. He's an undersized four. He's not at all a three. There's nothing about him that's a three. Right. Certainly not in today's NBA. But Brandon Davies is a guy that I watch, and I really can't figure out what position he is in a good way. It feels like he's he's really versatile oh, he's in that respect. He's a four. He's a four. Well, in in the the in the the list of the positions, he's a four. But he seems like athletic enough to where you could put him on threes. I think. I think depending on the small forward, you could put him on. He just, he's more athletic than I thought he'd be. Let's put it that way. Than most fours, I think about. I he he's impressed me. Is it because he went to BYU? You didn't think he was going to be athletic? By the way. Somebody suggested to me that Brandon Davies' nickname should be the Honor Code, which I thought was awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, and until further reference, I think the Honor Code is a good nickname for Brandon Davies. So, why do you think he's played more? What he's he's had he had ten minutes against the Hawks, and then thirteen against New Orleans, and then seventeen against Dallas. So, where do you think? And he he just not only is he playing a good bit, but he feels like he's fitting into it more. Yeah, he's um, he's working hard. Like you can really tell, like that he's just playing valuable hustle basketball. And they're not—it's not the running plays for him, but but he's he seems to have a knack for getting after offensive rebounds, um, and just playing what what seems to be solid defense based on the eye test. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, why not give him a chance? To play more. I mean, he is athletic, so uh, I think he gives you more than Lavoy gives you. Lavoy uh, Allen is just we talk. I don't want to spend any time on it, but holy man, I just <laughs> boy. He's, he's, at, at times, I could tell that like people either 
on the team or whatever are just giving him so much shit that I can see he's actually trying sometimes. Yeah. And then that, and then that sort of dissipates and he's just back to oh sluggish again. Yeah. It's he's only like, he's like me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, you you're, you give something inspired, but then you go back to wanting to pee again. <laughs> I just want to pee and sleep at the same time. Well, I think the one thing that you mentioned about Davies and what he's done is that if they do happen to trade Thaddeus Young, it seems like Davies would be the most likely candidate to get increased minutes because of the, a Thad trade. Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty funny if, <laughs> if we trade Thad for you know a hurt player and a young prospect and a pick, and the, the Sixers are, are starting James Anderson and Brandon Davies, <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty excellent. And some nights, at starting Tony Roten, given on the injury, the injury, Tony. yeah, and who's the, uh, oh, what's his name, oh, your boy Daniel Orton, too, you love him, too. Darius Morris has gotten more playing time, but I just, I know you said that he's an okay backup point guard, but I just, I don't like watching Darius Morris at all, at, yeah. at, at, even a little bit, I don't like him at all. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, like, I I love the idea of a young backup point guard, but I don't think I've ever liked a backup point guard like the Sixers have had. It's always just like, uh, yeah, get him out of there. I don't know, I don't know what would need to happen, but maybe I just my brain just doesn't like backup point guards. But uh, I mean, he's tough to watch. It's a lot of dribbling. It's an awful lot of dribbling, and uh, you know, not really working the ball. It's not. The dribbling doesn't go anywhere. It's like it's Not like collection. it's like bad Evan. It's like he's bad Evan all the time, like constantly. I I feel like when he's dribbling, he's not going to the hoop. He's not a good shooter. I like I don't. I watch him, and and people say he's a good defender, but I don't like. I don't know. <laughs> he's not a an eye test great defender. I'm sure he's solid, but you know nothing about him. I'm just I'm sort of I'm over the I, I you know I obviously we're gonna have some guys on this team that I wasn't that I wasn't thrilled with, but. I'm sort That's of, a yeah, I'm over Darius Morris. I, I, I wanted a little bit more out of him. Oh, and the other guy that got increased playing time, obviously, with the MCW injury was Tony Roten, who has right. continued to be exactly as, as you would expect Tony Roten to be. Yeah. I would love Tony Roten to be one. And remember, he's only he's 20, right? That's what yeah. it is. If, he's younger than MCW. I would love for him to spend this offseason shooting. Like, I would just... I just I I think he'll always be a six man. I don't I don't think he's well not you know I guess it's early to say that, but I think his his he's best as a six man depending on your roster makeup. You know unless you had a, a great shooting point guard and a great shooting small forward somehow. But man, if he could shoot, he would just his effectiveness would go through the roof. And I know you can say that about a lot of players. I mean that's sort of a refrain for a, for a lot of mostly ineffective players. But he has been effective, and I just think if he could shoot, man. I would love for him to to take the off, and he seems like a guy who would work on his game. I would just love for him to work, right? <laughs> no, he seems like a guy that works on his game because you want him to work on his. No, game. he works hard though. Maybe he would just. When I say he works, okay, it seems like he would play a lot of basketball <laughs> the off season. Does, does that seem more accurate? I guess. Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I would like Tony. Ro- I would enjoy Tony Roden as much if he could hit shots. That's, oh really? <laughs> that's what I'm concerned about. I I do want to mention sure. mention though that a couple of people have compared him to because when I like him, when I say that I like him, people say blah 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 Nick Young, and I just 
No. I, I, I understand the comparison in that you think I'm being sarcastic in liking him, but I, I actually do like Tony Roden, even though I laugh at some of the same things that he does that are similar to Nick Young. Yeah. But I don't think he's a similar player at all. He has the same stupid confidence that Nick Young has, but he cares a lot more and is a better defender and a better the ball handler. The defense was cool. Yeah. It's like, it was worth hanging your hat on. Yeah. He's athletic and gets to the basket, and he makes some smart plays on offense. But, like, defensively, like, he's good. He's a good defender. And I guess the- if he if he can develop just any outside shot, he'd be more valuable. It's just it's such a slow release. You can just see him just like, I'm going to take a three-point shot here. <laughs> yeah. And everybody lets him anyway. That's the best part of this. Yeah. He just, and he's got this slow, like, weird lefty, like, turn, kind of gaze at the basket, turn his body. He doesn't square up. Like, it's, it's a weird... It's a, everything is beautiful. I guess the thing that, that stung me most was at the end when it made it look like they didn't want me because I knew that wasn't true. Jesus. <laughs> All I right. Hear, I had to hear that in the first iteration of the podcast when Spike forgot to hit record. Yeah, yeah. That's the second time this morning I've heard that. <laughs> it makes me want to pee some more. All right. So we have limited time. You know, we've got like 20 more minutes that we can do this. So... I'd like to get to the the tr- what you think of the trade, what we think of the trade opportunities, potential trade opportunities that are out there as of now, and uh, and then we'll get to the Twitter questions first. Omer Sheik, I'll tell you one thing. We'll get to the Sixers fit in a moment, but like the the notion of Omer Sheik being such a huge baby about all this, and I know this isn't an optimal situation for him, but like he's still got two years left on his deal. He's got $20 million this year and next year left on his deal. I know money isn't everything, but the notion of him being such a big child about all this that he has to, that, that Kevin McHale won't even play him because he says that he's sick and all this stuff is a little like disappointing, I guess, to me, especially for a guy who is such an effort guy and a defense guy. And like the fact that Omer Sheik is a, such a child to me, I guess, is surprising. You want to wage war on the Turks, don't you? <laughs> no, I like Turks in general. I love Turks. I just, I think he, I just, I guess I just didn't expect it for him to be such a baby about all of it. But like the trade demands and like, who are you really? You're a nice player, but you're still a Marashik. Like, come on with the trade demands. But do you think the Sixers should be involved in any trade scenario which would involve Omerashik ending up on the Sixers? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I agree with you. There's no scenario in which Omerashik should be on the Sixers for a fit purpose because he doesn't fit with Noel in the same way that he doesn't fit with Anthony Davis. Um, and from a where would he go? Like Where would the team go with him? And the answer is, you know, nowhere we want to be. Well, and the other uh, thing I'll point out to people is he's 27 and he expires next year. So he's not under, he's on a fair contract, not a cheap contract. So it just... I think any team that's trading for Marashik has to be really good in the next year or two, or it's not worth it. I mean, that's no, it's, it's not the Sixers, right? Not gonna okay, uh, but there's a bunch of. I mean, I've been trying to make a, even though I don't think he's as good of a fit as you know Ryan Anderson or you know Kevin Love, but that's even less likely. Uh, to to Houston, um, I, I I think that the fad. Sad to Houston would be 
perfect for the Sixers because Stag goes to Houston, Ashik goes somewhere else. Yeah. Tinky and Maury can uh, double team some poor sap GM, and uh, everybody wins. Sucker him. Sucker him. Because as we've discussed, I think the notion of a straight up Maury and Hinky trade would be like like a standoff. It would be like a, a game of battleship where, or a game of chess where both guys just stared at the board for for <laughs> thirty two straight months without making a move because they were trying to figure out the other guy. Like they well, know they know each other too well. I think. I think. Yeah. I think the real win is snookering, you know, somebody else into a trade. Yeah, so, we took. Well, we did. They did have a have the Royce White Aldemir trade. Yeah, but that Although was that was more like a here. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you want those guys? Yeah, cool. It was like a severance. It was like a severance package, <laughs> yeah. or like a, like a fruit basket upon accepting the <laughs> uh, I like I like the idea of uh, Portland as the third team. I think there's there's a number of uh, good, reasonable assets there uh, that you just sort of sell high, just sort of like gamble on. A guy like Myers Leonard, you know, yeah. they know what he's about. Give him a shot. Uh, I saw a trade yesterday uh, from somebody on Twitter. He sent it to me uh, where where we get McCollum in that. And I think that'd be pretty awesome, but yeah. I, I don't know that I don't know that that Portland would be willing to move McCollum. Uh, a back a, a, a backcourt of Lillard and McCollum is just really enticing. But uh, really, you think I, I, I maybe it's just what I've watched in McCollum and it hasn't been a lot, but it feels like he is a he sort of needs the ball too. It feels like a little Drew and Eric Gordon to me. No. Um. Well. We haven't. Seen, I mean, at Lehigh. Yeah, he's going to be him. It was him and like my friend Marco, who's in engineering. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do have a friend Marco in engineering who went to Lehigh. Uh, but and then in summer league, he's sort of, he's sort of like to break that. But like he understands the game a lot. He really gets it, and he is like a nerd favorite because he talks about synergy and uh you know just really nerd questions that you know we do, we don't conceive basketball players of like actually considering uh and so he's he's huge in the nerd community i know you're not as deep in it as i am but no. he's huge in it <laughs> uh i think he'd be put him next to ncw and that's just that's that that's perfect i, I really think it'd be perfect I mean, not Evan couldn't be there because that's that's three guys, but uh, MCW and and McCollum as a backcourt would be really, really, really cool, really cool. And then uh, we, we so need Portland's to, team. Okay, yeah, Portland. Yeah, Portland's team. And, uh, is, uh, if the Sixers trade that, they need they need to get proper value for them. They need to. So if teams like uh, we don't want to trade this, then then they'll keep them. That's really what it boils down to. They're not going to. Sam's not going to rush into a into a fad trade before he feels he's being properly compensated. And then the Knicks are seem why are they so uh, I, I can't understand why they want to get rid of Iman Shumpert so bad. You, I I can't figure can't, it out. You can't really like provide any rational thought for the Knicks. Seth Rosendahl, who's one of my favorite people in the world, uh posting and toasting New York Knicks blog. Um Seth Seth, uh, Seth has a lot of good lines. He's funny and extremely insightful. Uh, 
there's a player who said a quote basically about uh, Mike Woodson saying, oh, no, Woodson's getting pressured uh, from up top. There's nothing he can do. You you feel bad for him, that that kind of thing. And a player said that about his coach, saying, like, well, there's nothing he can do up top. (laughs) And then that's (laughs) like, so so, uh, Dolan is just going to trade everyone on the team to make sure that this anonymous player gets traded. (laughs) It's like that kind of thing. (laughs) It, It just seems like there's just such a tremendous ego in place there. Uh, the likes of which we've really never seen. And like conspiracies, there's like conspiracies involving that. It feels like it's like, you know, Knights Templar stuff happening. What with a, like the Knicks. What a disaster. I would love to have him on Shumpert. I don't know what I'd be willing oh, to yeah. give him up, but I would, I would love to be in a situation where the Sixers get him on Shumpert. I would love it. I agree. I agree. But uh, I think it would, you know, Maybe they take Jason Richardson. Like, there's maybe they're just like, yeah, here you go. But uh, I, I don't think the Sixers are trade partners for the Knicks. And then, so you want to get to some questions, some Twitter questions? Sure. All right. Well, just give credit. Jeffrey Wall at, at Jeffrey Wall on Twitter asked about the trade possibilities. So I just want to give him credit for that last one. Um, at <laughs> this is a good one. At Kill a Cow, both with K's, asks. Right. At what point do we need to trade Tony Roten to avoid being too good? <laughs> uh, that's a serious consideration. <laughs> Yesterday, I think the answer is. Um, he's beautiful. He's at, just... He's I the best. I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the league. At SP McDonald, that is Steve, asks, with Evan Turner finally playing well, who is more to blame for his late blossom, Evan Turner himself or... There's a lot of things I want to enjoy. Doug Collins. Uh, well, it's certainly both. Okay, and it's certainly early. Yep. Um, but I'm. I mean, Doug. There, there was never an offense. There was never an offense. There was never a system. Uh, he just didn't put guys in a position to succeed uh, with with the really strong directive of not turning the ball over. Uh, they played safe, bad basketball. Safe, bad, boring basketball. And, you know, Evan, this year, because there there's so many offensive possessions, uh, they're just running, so he has more opportunities to score because there's more possessions. Um, and there's less guys on the team. So, it, you know, circumstances have changed in that regard also. Uh, and he's certainly bought into a system and, and it has currently just, you know, made shots. It, it also is the case. He's just made shots, whereas in the past he didn't. Um, but I, I really, I can't stress enough how for a talent, for talented basketball players, not putting them in a good position to succeed coming into the NBA uh, is just crippling. Like the fad, fad benefited from Doug because Thad's not a traditional offensive player, so he just got junk. Evan Evan was basically thrust into the same... It's sort of weird, because he was like the same role as he was on Ohio State, but like totally overmatched. And was trying to do the same stuff, and just couldn't. And I blame, I blame both of them, but I, I think if you don't have a system an offense where you're just throwing players out there, just you know, hey, do something, and then getting mad when they don't. 
it was just toxic and I hate Doug. If I ever write a book, the name of my book is going to be Always a Winner, Never a Champion. Yeah. Because I never have had a ring, but I've always felt like I've been a winner. I walked right into that. You know, we came in here the first year, uh, plus 14 in wins. Uh, I was second coach of the year voting. Uh, we, We started out that year against the Miami Heat, and we had a sellout, and everybody was there to see the Miami Heat, and we played them in the playoffs, and people were there to see us. Winning record at home was was good, uh, I, I, the, and, but to me, more than that, was the incredible attitude our players had all season long. Right. You know, like, for me, know, staying up, like working it. harder, not sleeping, doing that—that's not going to help anything. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Next, <laughs> I can get on a roll. I may have to. I may have to vacate my spot as co-host of the Ricky Sanchez podcast <laughs> because I can't take the Doug Collins quote. All right. Your boy, Sean O'Connor of LibertyBallers.com, asks, can the Sixers eventually out-tank the Jazz? My answer being, no way. I don't think so. I don't think they can out-tank the Jazz this year. I think maybe. Uh, The Jazz have a lot of talent. It feels like it, doesn't it? They have a lot of talent. And uh, I think everyone's going to keep getting better. And uh, I think they'll go on a run at some point if they don't trade anybody. Uh you know how much I love Gordon Hayward. Yep. I love Derek Favors. I think Cantor will get better. Um, I think I think there will be, you know, right now, you know, they're playing a lot of Richard Jefferson, and that's that's hard to watch. Uh, I think maybe there will be a, uh, like, fans are starting to get really pissed, and Utah doesn't seem to me like a, like a we're okay with tanking town. Right. Um, yeah, maybe, j- just... I don't know if the greater good says something about culture and religion there that I, I don't want to comment on. Uh, but I think I think eventually, you know, there there will be a, a surge of play. I think Trey Burke will, will be helpful and, and be good. And uh, so I think it's possible, but uh, the fact that they're in the West and the Sixers don't look miserable, as miserable as we thought they would, uh, then it's odds are they'll have a worse record. But again, it's like, you know, they have a 25% chance to get the number one pick if they're worse record. All right. We will end it on two relationship-type issues, non-basketball, well, sort of basketball-type issues, but here we go. Let, let, me, let me preface something first. Yes. So uh, I'm in a weird... I can't talk as much about... I can't talk as openly as I, uh, as I would otherwise because uh, my, my ex-girlfriend's dad listens to the podcast sometimes. <laughs> you got to get over that, bro. What do you, what do you think? Got to have, you know, people, you know, I'm I'm 13 you're years older than you. Come on, you're you're done there. You're uh, done. Well, there's, there's no you everyone everything's set in stone for you. All right. Your ex your ex-girlfriend's dads have to just get well, used to it. <laughs> well, they, okay. Well, these aren't relationshipy where they would cause a problem in that respect. Well, I, so. just, I just want to set that. I want to put that in your ear for the future. Well, just, you know, I'm expecting. I'm hoping for a fan revolt on this one. That pisses <laughs> me off. All right, Liberty Ballers own at Ben. Where's Ben Rivera? Asks first time, long time. Which of the current Sixers would you want dating your sister? Oh, I think that's well, easy the, for me. The easy answer is. That, I yes. Think. Yep. Uh, the slightly also easy answer is uh, Brandon Davies. Uh, wow. Well, I don't know. 
I mean, he he's all for sex before marriage now, and I don't know if I'm, I'm all right with that. The honor code. All right. Not a bad nickname. Okay. All right. That's uh, where you, you there, I'm trying out. to find if there's a, I'm trying to find if there's a, a better one. And I think maybe the maybe the cool maybe the cool one is Nerlens Noel. If yeah. It's older, would... If it's older sister, Nerlens Noel. There you go. I don't want any. I don't want Nerlens Noel near my sister either. I would really? definitely pick that. Yeah, it would be an easy choice for me with that. And finally, final question: Eric underscore one eleven asks. I have pot-smoking neighbors who blare rap music 24-7. It's bothering my wife. I have to take care of it. Do I let the property management company handle it, or do I channel my inner Carrie Williams and handle it myself? <laughs> well, my first advice is leave your wife and go listen to rap music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we got to know where he lives. I would like to know where, where he lives, but uh, I'd say... I'd say... It's tough because you don't once you it once you handle it and then they blow you off and then the property yeah. manager comes in then it's like oh you piece of shit you fucking went to the property manager so if you if you go to the manager right away then you can just sort of dissociate yourself but if if you're going up there and doing it face to face then you're you're saying like this is you are the you are the antagonist I I gotta say I think property manager is the Here's what I would do first. Here would be, because property manager's not going to do anything about it. Like, they, they, they'll send them a letter, but they're not going to evict them. They're just not. They're, it's only going to, but also challenging them to a fight, Carrie Williams style, doesn't help either. Carrie! I would try the cool guy approach first. Like, I would try the friendly cool guy approach, knock on the door when you know they're home during the day, and say, hey, man, um, it's, it's been real tough for my wife my wife to fall asleep at night. Like I'm getting shit for it. Like it would really mean a lot to me if you guys could turn down the music at night, you know, like I would, I don't know. I I feel like when you confront assholes, it makes it more difficult for them to be assholes when you confront them in a non-confrontational way, you know, but like if he goes down there and goes, look guys, the rap music doesn't stop. We're going to have problems here. Like all of a sudden (laughs) the rap music is going to get turned up and they're going to smoke weed outside your door and blow the smoke under the door crack. So, um, so that's what I would do. How old they are and stuff. If they're in college, maybe there's a movie coming out called neighbors, uh, with, uh, Seth Rogen and, uh, Zach Efron actually. And like Zach Efron is uh, heading a fraternity, like lives next door to Seth Rogen and his wife, which I think is Rose Byrne. I think I might be wrong about that. Uh, so that's your problem. So maybe maybe hold off, watch that movie, and see how that see how that happens. All right, we got to wrap it up. You were excellent today, Mike. Excellent. Was I? Yeah, the extra fifteen minutes and the urinating really, really, really was a great combination for you. I think it was it was a strong pee morning. Yeah. All right, Mike. See you, pal. <laughs> see you. <laughs> Like I said, hold your head, son, it only takes a second. Check it out now. Come on, while I wreck it, like I said, hold your head, son, it only takes a second. Check it out now.